everyone and a very happy new year to you. Let's stand and sing. Isaiah 40, 31 reminds us, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not, they, they walk, will walk and not faint. Let's pray together. Lord, we're thankful so much that you're the strength behind us. You're the one who upholds us, sustains us, and provides and takes care of us. And Father, we're here today to worship, we're, we're here to, today to worship your son, Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the blessings we have in him. Lord, we're getting ready to start a new year, and I pray, Lord, that anything that, that, that uh, set us back in 2023 that we can put up behind us and we can move forward, we can grow closer to you, and we can just tell other people about the great God that we serve. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see everybody. I know after we're done here today, a lot of you are going to get naps because you guys are going to be up really late tonight, right? Not me. Yeah, maybe not. Me neither, you know. I'll probably go to bed early, but... It's good to see everybody this morning. We're here to worship the Lord together. Please make sure you fill out your connection card for us. If you're watching us online, we ask that you do the same thing. And also, before we continue singing, and this will be the last time we do this this year. <laughs> so you're like, what? But anyway, um, we're going to give you three minutes, not a minute longer, to go around and say hello to someone. And please try to say hi to someone you haven't talked to this morning. Show them that you love them. Here we go.
Thanks, Jeff. It's good to be with you this morning. Good morning. Um, I remember that internship, and I remember feeling really strange about um, somebody my own age, and we, but we got through it together, and it was a good thing. I, I um, you know, I, I got to just say this about Jeff. Jeff, I love you, man, and I'm, uh, I've really enjoyed getting to reconnect with Ian Robin uh, last night and, and just kind of catching up on some stuff and seeing what the Lord has, is doing through them and has done historically through them over the last 20, 30 years. So um, very cool, very cool. It's good to be here. I have an ancient message for you today, but it's also a timeless one. I have a message that is older than the season that we just celebrated. But it's a message for today, especially as we close out a year and we begin a new one. I just want to share with you one verse today, just one. Depending on what translation you use, it's 32 verses, or 32 words tucked away in a little book in the Old Testament, but it sums up the entire message of the Bible, found in Micah chapter 6, and I'm going to give you a moment to turn there if you would like. Um, I, I know for some of you, maybe you don't turn in your Bible, you turn on your Bible, so we'll give you a chance to do that, whatever it takes. If you're wondering where Micah is, it's right in between Jonah 
and Nahum. So if, if that's helpful, great. If that's not helpful, you know this Bible has a great tool at the front of it called the Table of Contents. And don't let anybody ever shame you for using that thing. Um, find Micah chapter 6. We're going to be there in just a moment. And what I want to do this morning is I want to walk through this verse. This is a verse that means a great deal to me. It's one I reflect on every day. I just, I, as I read through the Bible, there are certain verses that just kind of jump out. And this one starts with, this is what the Lord requires. And many years ago, when I ran across that, I thought, okay, if this is something God requires, if this is something God's interested in, then I want to be interested in that too. And so we're just going to walk through it this morning. But let me tell you, let me set it up a little bit. In Micah chapter 6, Micah was a contemporary of Isaiah. He's, he was preaching in about 750 B.C., 700 B.C., somewhere in, in that range. And it's during a time of prosperity. And he's a prophet. When you, when you think prophet, think preacher, okay? Don't, don't think fortune teller, all right? Think preacher. Most of prophecy in the Bible does one of three things. It reveals God, who God is. It reveals what God desires. Or it reveals what God requires, very little of prophecy really has to do, you know, we, we think of, when we talk about prophecy, we think about future events. Very little of prophecy is actually dealing with future events. Most of the time, prophecy is telling us what God thinks about something, or telling us what, what who God is, you know, what he thinks in this situation, or what he requires. And so Micah is speaking to, uh, on behalf of God, he's speaking to the nation of Israel, and, and on behalf of God, he says, well, what have I done for you? I mean, I, I, only, I only redeemed you out of the land of Egypt. I only gave you Moses and Aaron and, and Miriam. I only you know, gave you all of this. I, I revealed myself to you. And what do I require? Is it, is it sacrifices? Is it, do, do I have a shortage of bulls and goats that I need yours? What is it that God requires? What is it that God desires but a relationship? And that's what I want to communicate to you today. I want you to notice as this verse begins, it says this. He has told you, O oh man, what is good. I just stop there for a moment and reflect on that phrase. The creator of the universe did not create us and abandon us. The creator of the universe created us for a relationship with him. He desires a relationship with you. He desires a relationship with me. God loves you just the way you are. Not as you should be. He pursues you just the way you are. Now, he loves you too much to leave you that way, okay? He loves me too much to leave me that way. He's been working on me hard for 50-some years, all right? But God desires a relationship with you. He, he's revealed himself. He's not left us to wonder what, what's good and what's evil. He reveals it. He created us for a relationship with him. You know, in the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, it says that God came down in the cool of the evening to walk with Adam and Eve. That's one of those little lines that you might just kind of miss. Is I, I, I gotta tell you, I don't know I, that I understand everything that's going on in that verse. I, I'm sure I don't understand everything that's going on in that verse, but it sounds pretty cool. That this is what's taking place. And Adam and Eve kind of threw that away in Genesis chapter three. And all of all of scripture then is from that point in time forward is the story of god pursuing us god trying to restore that relationship god trying to call us into relationship with him 
God reveals himself in a number of ways. He reveals himself in creation. Romans chapter 1 tells us that, that we learn things about the invisible nature of God just by looking at his creation. Creation demands that there be a creator. God reveals himself. The, the, the psalmist tells us that the heavens are declaring the glory of God. God reveals himself in nature. God reveals himself in his word what a blessing it is for us to have God's word. You know, we're, we're really fortunate that about everybody here owns one of these. And what's really crazy is since the advent of the smartphone, you know, we carry it around. I, I carry a library in my pocket that will help me understand God's word and help me read God's word. We have it more available than ever before. In Micah's day, it wasn't quite so available and if it were available to you, not everybody in Micah's day could read it. That's why they had prophets to kind of explain things. But God revealed himself to us in his word. He wants us to know about him. He wants us to know how he feels, what he expects, all those kinds of things. God also revealed himself to us in his son. Bible tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The Hebrew writer tells us that he's the exact imprint of his nature. If you want to know what God's like, take a look at Jesus. Someone said that most religions are founded by someone who says, I'm a prophet, and I'll show you the way to God. Jesus said, I'm God, and I came to I came to have a relationship with you. That's the difference in Christianity and any other religion that's out there. God reveals himself to us in his son. And for us, who are followers of Jesus, who have received the promise that once we surrender our life to Jesus, we identify with him, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God reveals himself to us what's good, what's right, what's wrong, not just in the cool of the evening, but every day as we walk with him. So when you look at this and you see this verse and it said, he has told you what is good. He has told you, oh man, what is good. I want you to remember what a gracious thing it is for God to reveal himself to us and not to abandon us as orphans. Well, the next statement says, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice. That's the first thing he says. He says, I want you to do justice. This is what God, look, I, I've initiated this relationship with you by revealing myself to you. So what do I want you to do? I want you to do justice. It's an important concept in the Old Testament and throughout the Bible. It's a big concept. Much, much of the message of the prophets is calling out injustice. That's important because it's a justice is how God deals with us. He deals graciously. He pours out his, his goodness without favoritism. Jesus told us that God causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust. That's how just God is. He blesses in spite of, of how good we are or how not so good we are. We, God still blesses us with life. And, and I think that's important because my natural inclination is not justice. That's an important thing, you know, important thing for God to tell me that I need to do justice because that's not my natural inclination. I'll be honest with you. My natural inc inclination is to live selfishly, not fairly. My natural inclination is to, to live selfishly, to try to manipulate for my benefit, to show favoritism to some, to gain favor with them to exploit others for my benefit and take advantage. To act justly is to act fairly. And this is what God requires, to do what's right, not just ritually, not just to draw attention to myself, but because it's right. Jesus said, when you pray, 
Don't do it to be seen by men, but go in your closet. When you, when you pray, don't just recite a bunch of words, but pray this way, our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know the Lord's Prayer. To act justly is to act fairly, to do right things. What does the Lord require? For me to do right stuff. It's interesting to me that that's kind of where these, where it starts is in, in our habits. Let me ask you this. What would justice look like in your life in 2024? If you, if you were to say, okay, this is what the Lord requires for me to do justice. What does that look like in your marriage in 2024? What does treating your spouse with fairness, what does what serving your spouse rather than trying to get your way look like in 2024? What does doing right things look like in your home in 2024, in your neighborhood in 2024, in your social group in 2024? What right things need to become habits to fulfill this requirement? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to do right things? And then look at the next one, to love kindness, to embrace kindness. You know, we live in an age of outrage and anger. We are so divided in our communities. Um, I've never seen a, a time quite like this. It's, it really is what, what one songwriter described as a graceless age. Maybe you've heard the, the statement, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. And I understand that. I do under, there, there is, what they're calling for is anger towards injustice. However, there was a brother of Jesus that said, the anger of man does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. And so my recommendation is, you know, well, let me, the Apostle Paul said, be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't nurture that anger. Don't let it fester. Don't let it stir you all the time. We don't have to agree about everything, but we do have to be kind. We do have to be kind. My recommendation is to, if you're angry, if you're outraged, um, pour that out to God. We've got a whole list of psalms where, <laughs> look at that, and the psalmist is saying, I hate them with this. I'm like, I'm not sure why that should be in the Bible, but I think the reason it's there is to demonstrate that God's got some pretty big shoulders, and it's okay for me to go and cry out to him about injustice. Let me encourage you to cry out to him about injustice rather than crying out on Facebook, okay, or other social media platforms. We don't win people through pride or self-righteousness. We win people through kindness and respect. So do justice, love kindness. Then this one's the hardest one for me. Walk humbly. Walk humbly. You know, my greatest regrets in life tend to be around my arrogance. I was talking to Jeff. I, I, I wish I knew half of what I thought I knew back whenever Jeff did his internship with me. Let me tell you something, man. I had all the answers. I really did. Or thought I did. Um, but God has used life to um, demonstrate that maybe that wasn't the case, and it certainly isn't the case. He calls me to walk humbly. What, what, you know, the humble person is not the person who thinks too highly of themselves. The humble person is not the person who thinks too little of himself. Okay. The humble person is the person who doesn't think of himself. And that's how we're called to walk. Walking humbly means being mindful of him rather than me. Being mindful of you rather than me. 
being mindful of us rather than me. Walking humbly means no more self-promotion, no more insisting on my way. It means getting rid of conceit and envy, not provoking other people, not punching buttons, which I enjoy way too much. What does the Lord require of us? Do right things. Embrace kindness and walk humbly and notice the last three words of the verse with your God. Those may be the most, the most important three words in, in the whole verse. Walk humbly with your God. We kind of end where we began, in a relationship with God. Life with God is not about performing for him, but partnering with him. And I've spent way too much of my life doing stuff for God and saying, God, look at what I've done for you. Rather than saying, God, what are we going to do together today? What is it you want me to do? Let me leave you with this idea. Doing right things, being kind, walking humbly. You know, those things are, those things really are the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. If you go to Galatians chapter 5 and, and look at the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Paul's not listing those out as virtues, saying, I want, you to, I want you to do these things. There's no imperative in the fruit of the Spirit. No command. But it's a description. And Galatians chapter 5 is really kind of a mirror that Paul holds up to us. And he says, you know, the works of the flesh, they're pretty obvious. Sensuality, immorality, envy, jealousy, fits of anger. He lists a whole bunch of them. And then he contrasts that. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, is in conflict with the, the walking by the flesh. Fruit of the Spirit's love, joy, peace, patience. These things. And this morning as we're wrapping up 2023 and we're looking ahead to 2024, I want you to look in that mirror and look back on 2023 and ask yourself, which describes the way I've been walking? Is, am I walking a life of love, joy, peace, patience? I, listen, I'm not saying we got it down perfect. Okay? None of us do. Um, if you think you do, just ask some of us around you. Okay? I'm not, I'm not talking about perfection here. I'm talking about pro progress. But if, if you find that as you look at this, these lists, and you say, you know what? been walking in the flesh too much this year and in 2024 i want to walk in the spirit it really means walking in love that's a good thing that's a good thing can i tell you something the fix is walking humbly with your god i'm really excited that you are getting ready to start this adventure called core 52 it, it, I, I think it's a good, um, good practice. It's a, it, it's a good uh, doing right things that will help you by when you get to this point in time in 2024 and you look back, you can say, I walked by the Spirit more in 2024 than I did in 2023. God did some pretty amazing things. There were things coming in 2024 that I didn't see coming. But God got me through them. God drew me closer. God did his work in me. It's a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful thing. God loves us. And reveals himself to us. And invites us to do life let 2024 be characterized by those three words.
life with God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for revealing yourself to us, to loving us in, in sending blessing in our lives, even when we were estranged from you, alienated from you. You still loved us. You didn't give up on us. Father, you still haven't given up on us, even though we tend to be selfish and self-centered. Father, I pray that you would do your work in us this year. May we become more like Jesus. May your spirit shine in our lives. May you use us to draw more people. And your will be done on earth, just as it is in heaven. It's in the name of our Savior, Jesus, we pray. As our praise team comes up to lead us in a song of decision, if you have a decision to make for Christ, we invite you to come forward this morning. If you're an immersed believer and would like to make First Christian your home, we'd love to have you come forward this morning so we can extend the right hand of Christian fellowship to you. If you need Jesus and you haven't given your life to him, we give you that opportunity this morning. Maybe you're really struggling in some areas and need some prayer. And if you need prayer, if you want to come forward, I'd be glad to pray with you. One of my elders, our elders, Roger, would like to pray with you. But at this time, if you have a decision to make, we invite you to come forward as we stand and sing our song and decision together.
Today is New Year's Eve. Midnight this year will end. New one will begin. The old will pass away. The new will begin. There are some, th some things that it will be great to be rid of. Sins, mistakes, wrong decisions, poor choices, things we wish we hadn't done and things which we wish we had done. But regardless, it will be over and we will start again with a clean slate. Hopefully we will do better in the new year. Listen to some direction that the Apostle Paul gives to us regarding the new year. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And then in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 22, You were taught, with regard to your former life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, Speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And don't give the devil a foothold. Now, <clears throat> what do these scriptures have to do with our communion? Communion observance. Just this. As we partake, may we be reminded of what they say to us. This observance of communion time should be a time when we are reminded that we are new creations in Christ. And as new creations, our old lifestyle should be ended. Over done with. We have started a new lifestyle that must be totally different from what we lived before we were new creations. Here, once again, we're reminded of what Jesus has done for us. Paying the price to provide us the opportunity to live Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for the opportunity to start again with a slate wiped clean. Lord God, we thank you for beginning again. As we thus partake of these emblems today, may we be reminded, may we be recommitted to living that new lifestyle, the opportunity given to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. In Jesus' name.
On the, in on the inside of your bulletin, we have our announcements for today. Um, we will not have any activities going on at the church this evening unless... Oh, Rogers Group's meeting. Okay. Y'all going to stay here till midnight? <laughs> so Rogers Group's meeting. Jerry's Group's aren't meeting tonight. Yep. He's, he's back. Man, he's looking fly back there. Vacation did him some good there. But um, the office will be closed tomorrow for New Year's Day. Uh, we have no adult Bible studies, and I don't believe there's any teen study this week. No teen study either. Well, that'll all start next week on Wednesday. Medical team training on Saturday. Also, uh, Al Brandon's uh, group will be meeting Thursday, January 11th in the Annex. Um, if you would like to be a part of that group, make sure you sign up. Also, Lori, uh, Lori's having her study. There's a sign-up sheet for that. It starts the 17th, so make sure that you um, make sure that you sign up if you want to be a part of that group. Also, we got the announcement about offering envelopes, so there's still a few out there that haven't been taken. Also, I want to clarify on the uh, the Core 52 books. If you're attending the church, we we kind of put the wrong word on the on the on the uh, sign. If you're attending here, we want you to take one for your family because starting next week, we're going to start going. We're going to begin Core 52, and then I'm also going to show you on our website we have a, a link to all 52 memory verses. Don't don't do them all in one day, please. But uh, they're there. Their memory verse helps that, that Mark Moore has done. And so I'm going to show you one next week to see what they look so you can see what they look like. And so we encourage you each week to use them. He does a really good job of helping you to, to memorize Scripture. Some people say, I can't remember Scripture. Well, you remember your name. But anyway, uh, some of us do. But you can remember Scripture. And he gives some really good tips on how to memorize these verses. So we encourage you to go to our website on the Core 52 link on that that I worked on yesterday. Also, um, make sure you read the announcement. We've emailed it a couple times. We've made a couple announcements about a couple changes with our outreach and with, uh, with CareNet and with Operation Christmas Child and how we flip those to, from outreach to missions and read that information there. So I think that's all the announcements that we have for this morning. So at this time, um, we have a lot of people in our bulletin we've been praying for. We encourage you to, take a, to, to look through that, take it home, put it on your fridge. Uh, we wish everybody a happy new year this evening. Um, also, with our prayer concerns, just keep people lifted up in your prayers. So at this time, let's stand together. I'm going to give you a couple moments to lift up your hearts to the Lord, and then I'll close us with a word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity we had to come together this morning to hear your word proclaimed, to sing praises to you, and just to come together to encourage each other and to worship. Lord, I pray that as the calendar turns, it seems like every year we have resolutions, and they last about a day a lot of times, but I pray that in 2024 that, that we do have a resolution to grow closer to you, to walk closer to you, and to show people more of you through our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you.